Welcome to the Fleet Safety Geeks podcast, where we discuss the latest industry trends, best practices, and strategies for keeping your fleet and its drivers safe on the road. Whether you're a fleet manager, safety professional, or a driver yourself, our goal is to provide valuable insights and actionable tips to help you prevent accidents, protect lives, and promote a culture of safety within your organization. From vehicle maintenance and driver training to regulations and technology, we cover it all. Tune in every week as we explore the challenges and opportunities of fleet safety in today's fast-paced, ever-changing world. Hey, Phil, welcome back from the holidays and what we're calling season two. Season two, Bob. Who would have thought it? Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm great. Happy 2023, and uh, I, 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 I wish you and, and anybody who listens to this a, a happy and safe, safe 2023. That's right. Yeah, we want to keep everybody safe out there and safe driving, safety and everywhere. But um, we, we need to train these people how to be safe too, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, I'm, an, I'm a big advocate of that. Um, I think that's... As a nation, we can do a better job. If you look at some of the other nations and how they train, you know, their their, their novice drivers, the people who are just getting their licenses and, and, and the processes that they go through versus what we do, and it's better now, Bob. I mean, I had my I had my permit for like two weeks, uh, and then I went and I took a test, and I never left a parking lot when I took the test. So a three point turn, a parallel okay. park, and a little wow. serpentine, and then I went back, and my dad's seventy two Buick Electra. And uh, and I passed, so I literally may not have driven a mile on the road, and now I could drive anywhere I wanted to. And that's an error, you know. Thank goodness they've changed that now. There's an on-road portion in Pennsylvania where I live, uh, but again, I think we could do a better job. Uh, it's it's just it doesn't get the importance that it needs, considering the startling statistics that are occurring on our roads. Yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, you know, just from a, a regular driver safety, just just any driver, um, especially a young driver who just uh, maybe came out of a, a driver education and and passed their test and they're on the road. Are we doing enough to actually train a young driver? Because statistics are pretty high that young drivers are involved in lots of accidents. They yeah. might be using cell phones. They might have distractions. And, and you know, a lot of them are, are involved in some of the fatalities. Um but even even our fleet drivers, these are experienced drivers. They're probably not fresh out of driver education. They've been driving for a while, but we also need to train them. Um, and, you know, we've all worked in corporations, any different organizations that we've all been involved in. And we all have a health and safety department and we're doing all sorts of training for everybody to keep people safe. But and I think you've done a, 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 a presentation on this, but the forgotten safety training is the, is the fleet driver, right? In, yeah. In I, I, did a, I did a talk uh, was, and the title of the talk was uh, the forgotten side of safety. So you know, corporations good. do a very good job. Environmental health and safety professionals uh, do a very good job with, you know, especially with manufacturing or construction and uh, trenching uh, things like that, you know, where they're, they, they, they make sure there are certain regulations in place and a lot of training. And then they, the other thing too, Bob, is there's retraining. Right. Yes. So uh, a person gets their driver's license and that might be it, yep, you know, right. uh, unless, they, you know, they work for an organization that has a robust uh, driver safety uh, initiatives. Uh, but 
too, again, I think it's lacking. It is the forgotten side of safety. I mean, I know lockout, tagout, and slip, trip, fall, and lifting, and, and construction safety, machinery safety, electric safety. All of that is all very good and necessary. But I guarantee you, if those organizations have drivers and they're not trained, they're at the greatest risk of serious injury. I guarantee you, and the statistics would prove that out. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this before, you know, especially if there's a fatality involved with a fleet driver, companies will stop what they're doing, react to that, and then start doing something. If we had done it from the beginning and involved them with all sorts of training, trying to keep them safe, avoiding, you know, crashes from happening, um, we could have avoided that from the beginning. And I think that that's, you know, we've talked about this, we've developed a safety policy, um, you know, how to get all the different departments involved. And I think it's just one of those topics we need to keep talking about um, just because we continue to see it. <clears throat> um, there's a lot of fleet drivers out there. I don't know. Do we know a statistic on this? Do you know, Phil, Have how many fleet drivers are there in the U.S.? I have no idea. I, mean, I, wish, I, I should I should know that off the top of my head, shouldn't I? Uh, being in the I, profession, you know, I, I almost think I should. Know that's too. a that's a yeah. really good question. I think it and it would be you know what it would be changing every hour. So I don't know you know sure. it'd be, it would be difficult, but I think we'd have to check with like uh, maybe some of the FMCs, the fleet management companies, and things like that uh, to determine you know uh, numbers. But there are thousands and thousands and thousands. It's a huge. People don't understand how big the fleet industry is. But if you if you are, uh, go to a doctor's office and you see somebody sitting there who's dressed really nice, that's probably a professional sales rep who drives a company vehicle. Or if you drive down the road and you see delivery vans or or uh, construction vehicles or you know maintenance vehicles and things like that, guess what? That's a fleet. And yeah. and then and then not only getting to the commercial fleets like tractor trailers and things like that. Look around you when you're driving. You're probably surrounded by more fleet vehicles. Then you are private vehicles at any given point in time. Yes, yes, exactly. Now you mentioned the FMCs, and the FMCs they manage hundreds of thousands of vehicles. Right, right. Each one of those vehicles has a driver, so we have to imagine right. there's hundreds of thousands of fleet drivers. Correct. They're not all getting trained to the same level as the forklift yeah. driver or somebody in a factory or somebody, right. You know, working with electricity. Um, where why is the focus for? And I know why, because you can get killed working with electricity. You can get killed working in a factory. You can get killed falling off a forklift. You can get killed driving a fleet vehicle. Why do we not have the same level of, of uh, training or attention paid to a fleet driver? To me, Bob, it's still mind boggling. I, I don't understand why. I mean, obviously, again, you know, my profession, I'm a big advocate of getting people trained and getting them safe behind the wheel because if you want to look at your again your greatest risk exposure it's driving i did work with a, a company that they they had copper mines and we looked at their statistics as far as their injuries and things like that in the mines so work related injuries in the mines okay we all know how and dangerous we, mining is right? right right mining is dangerous right you're underground and i mean there are a lot of hazards right right but then we looked at their statistics of the people driving to the mines. It was far greater risk driving to the mine than working in the mine. I mean, wow. it wasn't even close. Uh, so they said, okay, we need to train these people. So they did, and, and, and their numbers went down. So I, I don't understand how it is that 
it's overlooked. It's still overlooked. And, 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 not all, and I'm not saying everybody does that. Or right. you might have an organization, oh, well, we're running MVRs. Okay, what are you doing with that now? Right. right? And they might just run an MVR, you know, motor vehicle records check at the beginning of employment. And then that's it. Really? I mean, so there, it, it has to be, I think they have to get them to a certain level of competency and then continue that. Uh, and I think that should not just for fleet drivers. I think every driver, every driver, I, I've had people say to me, well, you know, old drivers should be retested. I, I don't think that should be prejudiced by age. Uh, I think that all drivers should be retested at least every 10 years. And they say, well, that would cost so much to do. Really, what do motor vehicle crashes cost us every year, right. every day? So um, I don't want to hear that as a cost, and, and a cost uh, you know, I don't want to hear the excuse of cost because really what's the cost of a life, right? And maybe right. that sounds dramatic, but it's absolutely true. You know, how many people absolutely, you know, lose everything because somebody lost their life? So that's a good point. So if you yeah. have a certification initials after your name, right, you had to test for that. <clears throat> you had to train, you had to test and you have to renew that. You have to right. make sure that you still are um, educated and knowledgeable to meet the requirements of those initials after your name. So you have to do continuing education and you might have to re-up and, and do your testing or do something to show that you're still keeping up with that. Why can't we do that with lead drivers? We yeah, renew exactly. our license. I just go into the MBR and I take an eye test and I get a new picture, you know, the right. DMV, right? So, you know, I, I go in and I get a new license, but I didn't have to test. I didn't have to drive. Right. I know how to drive. Right. Um, so that's a really good point there. Um, and then you mentioned risk. You know, there is a risk, an inherent risk of, of, of driving. A company that has drivers on the road, they have a greater risk because they have lots of drivers. So if, if you think about that, we hear about all of these nuclear settlements that, hmm. that come from the fleet industry. So that's another valid reason why we need to do more safety training to the driver yeah. to reduce those claims. And if right. we reduce those claims, we can reduce our um, our premiums on the insurance that we have to pay. So um, it, I, I think it's really important that, that the safety training includes drivers. How do we get there? You mentioned that environmental health and safety does a great job of uh, uh, training to avoid injury on the job injury. How right. do we get them involved or organizations to train fleet managers how to do fleet safety training. Right. So, Bob, one of the things I've heard you say a number of times during this podcast is if it isn't your job, make it your job. And that's where it has to come down to. Right. So you say, well, I don't handle that. You know, I'm just I'm the fleet person. I'm taking care of the cars. You know, I'm taking care of the vehicles. OK, well, well I'm the environmental health and safety person. I'm, I'm involved with, you know, manufacturing safety and things like that. So I really don't handle that. That should be the fleet person to do that. And then risk management is like, well, I, I handle insurance. You know, it should be risk. It should be environmental health and safety. It should be fleet. It should be a cooperation between those three. So I work for a pharmaceutical. I got the risk manager involved. I got HR involved. I got legal involved. We used to do training. Uh, we, I, when I came there, I did a, a, a training for all the drivers, and then I would get them retrained every year, right? And you don't, I didn't get extravagant with it. Was I was an online retraining, and that was fine. But then I would also put out what I called 60 seconds for safety. And what I would tell the drivers, like, here's a, here's a, a safety point. You can take one minute a month, and I would send it out every 30 days, one minute a month 
to read or see something on safety, keeping it in the forefront, making it important to them, helping them to understand that the most important thing they do every day is they go home. So it's, it's creating that safety culture within your organization. And that's, Bob, we've said it before on here, you have to create the safety culture. You have to have strong policies. We had a whole series on that. If, I, if, you, ha if you don't know what I'm talking about and you're watching this episode, go back, look at the, the safety policies uh, episodes. Very important. We had some good guests. We had an attorney, Cliff, who he he's the, the the way he placed it stated it. He said you have to create a safety story, and that is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, creating a safety culture within your organization. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all really important. Um, as you mentioned, we did that three part series for the developing the safety policy. Um, I, that's probably could be extremely valuable. If, if there's any organization listening that doesn't have a safety policy now, start there, right? right. It's, not, it's exactly. not the answer, but it gets you along the right path and, and, yeah, and can get exactly you into right. the right the right mindset to do the right thing. Um, um, so I, I work for an organization. We do have this safety training in, in place. Yeah. We do everything. And, and I, I think it's very you know successful. Um, we can keep people from you know, moving up in risk level, the second we see it and identify it, we, we, we train to it right away. We try and keep them from increasing that risk level. We use some technology as necessary, um, but we did it as a partnership with health and safety. We developed an entire, we already had a, um, a fleet steering committee where I meet with senior leadership and just kind of keep people updated right. and talk about, you know, what's going on in, in, in fleet, you know, what are we doing for this year? But we, we then developed a fleet safety committee again to, to kind right. of get HR, legal, um, health and safety, uh, business leaders, you know, who ultimately have the drivers and, and drive the revenue to get, to get back to um, uh, the safety basics and make sure that we had a program in place. And I think it's really important that one fleet manager doesn't have to feel that this is too overwhelming and I can't do this. There are ways to do it. And you partnership with with it, all the different departments to do this within your company or organization and, um, and, and they'll get there. They don't want to have people injured. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you may, you make some very, very, very great points here. So you have to, I love the idea of the safety steering committee, um, you know, because again, then it, and it becomes a team effort rather than just an individual. And you have other people involved who are also pushing it from their end. You have to get the C-suite involved. You know, you have to get the, you know, listen, <clears throat> the person at companies, when you're working in a company, you listen to the person you report to. And guess what? If the mm -hmm. top person in that company is saying, hey, listen, this is really important. Driver safety is really important. And this is an absolute initiative of ours. Then guess what? It's going to become important for the whole organization. It should That's become right. And, and I've said this before on, in this podcast, driving poorly should become a stigma within the organization. Yes. Yep. You know, years ago, drunk driving was a fine, you know, just readily accepted. It was kind of a joke, you know, and, 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 and in my opinion, it's still too much of a joke, you know. Uh, but then now if somebody gets arrested for drunk driving, they're embarrassed. It's like, oh, God, you know, I'm losing my job. I'm going to cost me a lot. That should be the same thing with cell phone use, with electronics use. Yes. I mean, it, and or just distracted and any distraction, it should be looked at as a stigma. 
And we need to do that within our organizations. And we need to do that as a nation. There are other countries where it is just not accepted. That is unacceptable behavior. Yeah. Why aren't we there? 43,000 people died on the roads last year, Bob. 43,000. Think about you sitting in a, in, a, in a baseball stadium and you look around and everybody around you is dead. Now, maybe that's a little too graphic, but you know what? Think about it. That's yep. crazy. Why are we yep. so accepting of this? I mean, it's not unusual. Let's say you open up the paper and, oh, there's two people killed in a car wreck. Oh, let's go to the sports page. I mean, come on. Do you know how many We're people are? We're getting numb to it. Right. We get numb to it. Exactly right. Ex we're too accepting. We get do we do get numb to it because it's too mm -hmm. common. But you got to stop and think for a minute. Like, okay, who are the people affected by that? The person right. who died, their loved ones, the people involved in you know on both sides of the crash. You know, uh, all their coworkers and friends. I mean, just think about crashes cut a very wide swath. I've mm -hmm. seen it in my own family. My grandfather was killed by a drunk impaired driver the year before I was born. And my aunt's still alive. My mom and my grandmother are gone, but she's still affected by it. It's yeah. 1959, yeah. Bob. I mean, it's like, come on. Why Why are we so accepting of this? It. it it, again, to me, I keep saying mind-boggling. To me, it's mind-boggling. Why is driver safety the forgotten side of safety? And not just, you know, organizationally with, with corporations and, and organizations that have uh, fleet drivers, but just as a nation as a whole, yeah. we can do better. So so we, we talked about forklifts, and I worked for a company that, that used forklifts, right? right. Um, we had a forklift operator who was way up high on the, the platform and was reaching to get something and fell off the forklift. Didn't have the proper uh, safety equipment on, fell to the ground, lived, um, but his quality of life was destroyed, right? right. Um, all operations at the company stopped. Everything stopped. And they came up with this policy. You had to wear a harness, you had to be attached. And they came up with a policy that any employee if I, I didn't even work in the warehouse, but if I happened to be in the warehouse, maybe I was doing an inventory audit or something. And if any employee in the company saw any forklift driver not wearing safety harness, any employee can fire that person on the spot for not, you know, following the safety policy. Okay. That's how stringent it was for the one incident that happened that was horrible. But why do we not have that same mindset for our drivers? If you see exactly. one driver not wearing a seatbelt, if you right. see one driver using a cell phone while driving, if you see one driver going 75 and a 55, why do we not have the same, you know, mindset to reaction? Yeah. Why don't we react the same way? I mean, injured is injured, killed is killed, you know? Right. And that guy from the, 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 what you just told me here, he went, he didn't even lose his life. Now his quality of life was probably affected by it. And think about this too. So well, how many hundreds of thousands of people just last year who were injured in crashes and the quality of their lives are forever affected by that. Okay. Right. So I've seen, and, and you mentioned earlier about being, you know, organizations being reactive rather than proactive. I, I've, unfortunately, I've worked with a number of uh, companies who reacted to a tragedy, a fatality. Mm -hmm. 
why aren't they reacting the same way you bring up a, and again bob great point as they reacted to that forklift operator who was injured mm-hmm. if you get seriously injured in a car wreck and it affects your quality of life for the rest of your life is that any different than a person who fell off a forklift injured is right. injured so right, why is right. it the same level of reaction why you know and and, and the organizations that i've worked with who got really proactive as a result of, 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 of an incident. Again, they were reactive, then got proactive because of a fatality. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever worked with an organization that got proactive because of a serious injury. Right. You know, Maybe how many fleet drivers are injured every day? Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen a lot you know, of some them. of it. Some of it, I think, is is our vehicles are getting safer, and, and I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying it's yeah. acceptable. I just think that our vehicles are getting safer. We got airbags that cushion us and and safely protect us and hug us. And every we have a lot of drivers that walk away from accidents. I look at right. my accidents and the vehicles that are involved in total losses, and the fact that 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 driver is driving another vehicle right now and walked away from that. That's great. I'm glad that we have that. But if we look at the root cause on how the accident happened, maybe it wasn't even that driver's fault, but was there a defensive driving, you know, skill that could have, you know, been in place to avoid an accident caused by somebody else. But um, I I think that that helps make us numb because the vehicle's five-star rated. It's got all these airbags. It's got the side cars. Yeah. And, And if they're not seriously injured, like, oh, problem solved. They're not really a driver, you know, they're, they're a technician who works in the field. That's their job. They just use the vehicle as a tool to get there and the vehicle's safe. So we don't need to worry about it. Right. Maybe that's kind of the mindset. Maybe that's the way some, some companies are looking at it, but if we treat every driver as a professional fleet driver and provide that same level of training as maybe companies who truly do train somebody who their sole job is to drive, you know, maybe we'd have less crashes and and injuries and, and, um, um, you know, yeah, quality of I, life changes. I, I totally agree. So again, when I worked at the pharmaceutical company, I co- created what I called the CAT, the collision analysis team. Okay. It was myself, nice. uh, uh, risk, uh, director, a senior director of uh, risk management, uh, legal HR, and also, uh, a, a representative from our collision management company. And, uh, we would meet <clears throat> biweekly and review the crashes and, uh, then by de- determining, you know, we would determine whether you know, what could the driver have done? I'm not saying, uh, well, the the other guy ran the red light and and hit me. Okay. Could you have prevented it? You know, like, what do you need to do? Again, getting them thinking in those terms. Okay. The other person ran the red light, but did did you scan the intersection as you were approaching? I mean, how many times do you see people go through red lights and stop signs? It's a pretty common act, you know, uh, action by drivers. So what we try to educate the drivers to is, you, you, you need to scan. You should have seen it coming. You had a clear sight distance. I mean, we did, again, root cause analysis on these uh, on these crashes. But here's the thing, Bob. So we'd assign training or we, they would, you know, get bumped up on their risk level within the organization. Next thing mm-hmm. I know, I'm getting a call from their, you know, their field manager or the national business director saying, hey, you know, it wasn't their fault. You know, the cop sighted the other guy and what? Like they're going to bat for him. I said, no, 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 knucklehead. 
Here's what we're trying to accomplish here. We're trying to keep your employee, the person you manage, safe. That's mm-hmm. a, there's not a punishment. What we're trying to do is just get them home. And you have to help them with this. If right. you're going and, and, and going to bat with them and saying, well, I don't think they need to go through that training, or I don't think they should be at a lower risk level, you're a knucklehead. Okay, yeah. leave it to the people who know. You know, it, it, it just, so what I started doing then is trying to involve those managers. And that was yeah. a chore. But yes. these are the steps people have to make. They have to get, you know, safety has to permeate an organization in order to get to the same level of safety as, say, manufacturing safety. Yep. You bring up an excellent point. Um, one that I struggle with all the time, and that's the field manager. Hmm. Love our field managers. They are yep. doing a great, great job. People. Their working. sole job is to continue to increase revenues for the company, keep our customers happy and make sure that we're doing everything that we need to do. But we always talk on this podcast about getting the C-suite involved and getting their buy-in, right? Because everybody reports to them. If, if, if this C-level person says we got to do this, well, you're probably going to do it. Right. But, but to get that trickle down mentality and to keep that safety culture going, you need to get the field manager on board. And, and if you have a field manager who is doing a counter culture to safety, the drivers are going to follow the, the field manager's lead. Exactly right, Bob. You know, they, they, need to, they need to be a part of this. They need to be involved. They need to understand the importance and they need to make it part of what they do. And uh, that's, that's a forgotten piece there, too. Yeah, it, it truly is. So I always, you know, you've heard me say this numerous times also, Bob, is that the, the, the person who has direct uh, managerial responsibility for the people who are driving the vehicle, they can make or break any safety initiative. Either tell them, hey, go, 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 or they're telling them now, listen, safety, now go, go, go. And that's the difference. So those field level managers are absolutely a key to any driver safety initiative. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, this, this is a topic that we shouldn't let go of. Um, I think, I think to be honest, you know, this is like one of the first podcasts that we might actually make the 30 minute uh, time limit. So we're not (laughs) talking too long. So I just want to summarize this. I I think, you know, we've said enough about, you know, driver training is, is, is the forgotten safety training. And I absolutely agree. Um, we've given advice on how to, you know, um, combat that and, and avoid that. You know, so summarize, you know, get get your partners involved with with your other uh, organi- uh, departments within your organization, um, health and safety, um, risk, legal, HR, get everybody on board, uh, get your C-levels on board. I'm not trying to rehash the whole developing the safety policy series where we talk about that, but you don't need to do this on your own. You're not out there uh, by yourself. There's, there's people out there that will help you. Not on an um, don't wait until somebody is killed or seriously injured you know, to develop this and start driver training, do it now and, 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 and put some attention to this. And, um, uh, you don't have to do it by yourself, but you can take the lead. And if you're a fleet fleet manager and you don't know what to do, this is what you do. You can take the lead, get people involved and, and get that training started. Absolutely. And, and, um, you don't have to come up with it on your own. You know, we, we have a lot of great, uh, suppliers, vendors, fleet management companies, and and there are companies dedicated to doing this. If you have insurance, there's insurance brokers that are you know have uh, resources to help uh, develop to you where you don't have to do it on your own. Nope, you're not on an island. 
you know, reach out for help. So with that, any uh, final words or thoughts on there, Phil? Nope. Just uh, let's let's not forget that the driver safety is the forgotten side of safety. Okay, so you know, remember it right. and uh, do something about it. Uh, Bob, to, to to quote you, uh, if it's not your job, make it your job. I think that's the uh, absolute absolutely true. Uh, and just, just